I'm Sarah. Welcome again. Hello, hello. This is Dana. Welcome to OT Ladies Talk. So our topic of this episode is telehealth, the idea of electronic delivery of services, which has been around for longer than you might have thought of as a concept, but we'll talk a little bit about what that is for OT. That's interesting. It's a very novel topic for sure. (laughs) So I'll give you some history first. I'm going to jump into what it is, terminology, and then we'll kind of go into what that is in different countries, how that is changing, et cetera, et cetera. And then we'll talk about opinions of telehealth. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. What does it mean really? Yeah. So first of all, let's talk about definitions. So there's a couple different definitions out there. The first of them is telemedicine. So that was a term that was coined in the 1970s. So as I mentioned, it's been around a long time as a concept. And the idea then was healing at a distance. So the idea of, you know, monitoring and administering services over the phone, as in 1970s, the internet was not yet a thing. <laughs> so wow. then this definition has kind of also been coined as telehealth or telemonitoring, which is the use of any kind of telecommunications and information technology to provide access to basically the health services. So evaluation, intervention, education, supervision across a distance. And that is AOTA's definition in 2010, an article that uh, I was looking at. So uh, it also defines telerehabilitation as being evaluation, preventative, diagnostic, and services uh, from a telecommunication Mm -hmm. technology. So whether using telephone, electronic mail, video calls, that's all telehealth. So also, there's also tele-rehabilitation. So there's also like another aspect unique (laughs) to just therapists. So that would be specifically therapy via these, these sources. So from some sources I've read, telemedicine and telehealth are the same thing. Sometimes telemedicine refers to something only as a physician could administer, you know, more of medical model aspect where telehealth, telerehabilitation, our therapy also. So now that you have an idea of the definition, because it's like, what is actually telehealth? Is it like have to be a video call or can it be a phone call? Can it be email? email all of the above theoretically and it it can actually mean even collaboration in terms of uh, medical or therapy Mm -hmm. or some kind of health provider communication between each other so like Dana if I call you up and we are collaborating on a case that we have we share a mutual patient or client and we're working on that that's also in some ways telehealth too which is even more confusing to be honest but very broad definition (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing um i i want to know what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of uh yeah yeah so, in different states or different countries so i liked uh i found this really neat article from wfot and it was the first time they published a position on telehealth so that was in 2014 
And this article, Telehabril in 2015, it was published later, of course, a survey was done on 39 countries and it looked at telehealth. What are the pros? What are the cons? And they came up with issues through the survey that they found of, of these uh, people that responded back in the countries, uh, the number I listened, li listed mm -hmm. previously. So some of the concerns were cost of technology, privacy and security concerns, reimbursement and payment model concerns, and then other concerns. So cost of technology was 75% of that the people felt that was that was the issue and then they talked about some positives so some mm -hmm. of the there was quotes that were listed which was was nice and it listed where they were from in some instances so some from yeah. the Middle East and Northern European regions and whatnot and some were just kind of general but the positives included increased intercommunication between providers including therapists assist with transition home from the hospital reduce mm -hmm. travel time because if you're gonna have to go out into the middle of nowhere yeah. it's gonna take take some time away from other clients slash patients and then also improving access in rural areas and to be honest the improving access was what I saw in this article in other articles both in the United States and the WFOT so that was probably the number one thing was improving access that's interesting so because I know it's important to consider not just California the entire states of the you know United States and even not just United States how about a ruler or some areas that are very remote and what how how can they use internet i mean do they have access to internet to use this method of therapy or let's say okay if someone doesn't have a good even internet speed like for instance actually to be honest with you i had a hard time to use the internet at my place i found out my internet speed it's <laughs> very low so yeah i mean we're i'm in the united states i'm in southern california but my internet wasn't as fast as i expected so that being said how other you know people who don't have an access to this system can use or may benefit from this that's very true and it was, it was interesting we were coming up with this presentation this this podcast that we were doing and we recorded once previously for the first time and it was an issue of when you're when you're creating a video call you're creating a skype or discord electronic call via internet whosever internet is slower dictates the quality of the call or the video so yeah that's an issue <laughs> an issue we kind of experienced <laughs> ourselves when we were creating this so Absolutely. Uh, there's some some negatives that uh, with, with uh, telehealth and, and Dennis definitely touching on the main one is that, okay, you're in the middle of wherever in the middle of nowhere. Well, maybe you don't have internet the, there, there either. So that doesn't really solve anything, right? Yeah. So, so okay. You kind of like um, mentioned this now. I want to really talk about it. Let's say there is uh, a family who live up in you know mountains somewhere, and um, they they're going they are back to their house and up in the mountains. And of course, they might not have a good access to internet. How they can get resources, and for them, it's not convenient to drive all the way back to the hospital to get a do a follow up or yeah. 
visit a therapist or physicians or nurses. So up in the mountains or somewhere remote, how we can make this technology a little bit more, um, you know, easier for people to use it. Like, Absolutely. I so I think that when, for example, when we discharge patients from our hospital, there's some people in what we call our Central Valley is the term we use for a population of individuals that are so far out of service area that they cannot even receive home health services. So yes. for example, my hospital, we use kind of telehealth actually to create what we call regional programs where a lot of OTs from different hospitals within our company talk about issues and we create workflows, plans, etc., etc. So that's kind of one telehealth example we use. But actually, the reason we picked this topic this for this episode is my regional uh, program. We're also working on something for telehealth because these people in Central Valley and some places off the grid almost in terms of access to healthcare, they're too far to drive to an outpatient clinic. They're too far to get home health mm -hmm. services. So we use this as an opportunity to reach these patients or clients so that we can administer some kind of home assessment, some kind of follow-up if they need any kind of services after and they don't have access. So I think it's pretty huge in terms of allowing for access for some of these individuals that otherwise don't have access to any kind of follow-up. Exactly. So some of the negatives that um, I can definitely mention is not everybody have access to um, maybe a good speed of internet or the equipment that people can use might not be very convenient to be able to do the FaceTiming or Correct. doing the video calls or video chats. And um, I, I can see that would be a negative side to using the telehealth. However, it is, I mean, I, I'm not gonna only talk about the negatives. I know some of the positives, um, as a matter of fact, school district, they are hugely using this system now mm -hmm. nowadays. Yep. And yep. in some, east coast um, areas or states that for instance during the winter they the, the, the school system is closed or they have a hard time to get out of the house i'm sure they're using the telehealth system yeah however if i live up in the mountain again because i love hiking and you know how much <laughs> i love the nature and if I want to make a trip to go and see my doctor in a um, if I can't because the road is closed and if I don't have an access to a good internet because of, again, where I live, that's again a disadvantage to using this system. Um, so again, I, I, I would like to uh, be able to use the system not only for school district, but let's say for, um, educating parents about let's say like feeding programs that um, we can use or um, educating even uh, people about a follow-up visit after you know their surgery so hopefully we can in the future we can broadly use the system not only for specifically for school district but also different population different settings absolutely so what do you think? i think there's a time and a place so 
I was looking at this uh, couple articles about, you know, kind of more on the pro side. So like home modification and equipment recommendations, Stanford, Stanford 2007 talked about some of those things. This article from Kaysen in 2012 talked about how you can really help a client modify their environment, habits, routines, develop skills, and then I feel like it, it's a, it depends. You can't administer the same kind of care and treatment you can face-to-face. -face. You know, you can be hands-on when you're working with them in person. But when you work with them over a video, there's only certain things that are appropriate. You know, education is always appropriate. Sometimes yeah. looking at the house, if they have good enough internet connection, access to that, so etc. Kind of playing with the negatives on that one. So, for example, we have a patient population in our hospital called the uh, left ventricular cyst device, the LVAD that I mentioned on my first video, and mm -hmm. this is a advanced heart therapy procedure so it's not a heart transplant it's literally a electronic battery that powers their left ventricle and it's attached to them via driveline that has an external and an internal component in brief so mm -hmm. we oftentimes do a video visit for the shower because the helm health people yeah they have training and whatnot in, in OT and occupational therapy but our surgeons are very uh, particular about how the shower training is done as our in-house therapists created this mm -hmm. program we collaborated with the team and driveline infection meaning this part that literally is uh, coming out of their right side of their body their abdomen has a high chance of infection mm -hmm. so we actually see them in house they come to our outpatient clinic from the hospital so i'm in the hospital i walk over to outpatient see them for their dry shower training and then we do a video visit oftentimes at home now to kind of guide them through that process as this is a specialty so that's just kind of one example of okay it's good to have follow-up from the OT that saw you in the hospital that saw you in outpatient that now sees you at home it's the same person or the same team and we have a set procedure of doing things so it's it's a case-by-case case. that's a good example of a situation where it hundred percent works depends so what do you think are some, some instances, Denna, that uh, telehealth would not be, you know, as a hand therapist, I think you have a lot more, you are a very hands-on yeah. job when you're so working with people and splinting. So when would telehealth be good and when would it be really bad? <laughs> exactly. I was going even to mention that not only one of the disadvantages of um, using telehealth could be, you know, the internet speed and equipment and all that. Also, I think as a hand therapist, sometimes everything we do is very hands-on. Yeah. Like splinting definitely is one of the areas in hand therapy um, world that we cannot definitely use a telehealth unless we do it and then we do just a follow-up visit with our client over the phone, making sure that there is no skin irritation, for instance, or the, the client is being able to don and doff or just putting on or taking off the splint or uh, doing the orthotic management very properly. So maybe telehealth can help us with a follow-up visit after the first visit that mm. is 
done. So that can be maybe a good advantage of using this system. However, if you're working with a shoulder patient, so definitely we do lots of hands-on and we cannot use the telehealth um, on the first few visits. However, let's say after the second and third visit, we can actually have our patient or client to perform the same exercises um, in front of the camera and then we can just give the client some verbal feedback or some feedbacks that can actually correct those exercises. So again, I can see there is some disadvantages. However, we can include this new technology or method in our profession and make sure um, everybody can benefit of it and working towards this new model to help our clients. Um, I, I guess as a therapist, hand therapist, that, that's my opinion that mm -hmm. we can still use this system no matter of our limit limitations that we might face. Um, however, we, we can start using it. So I agree. It's not a every single patient should have 100% telehealth. I think there's a line. I think sometimes when people hear telehealth and the idea of it, they're like, oh dear, this is where we're going. We're not going to have hands-on patients anymore. Now everything's going to be electronic. But in theory, it's a good idea for one, people that are far, two, for after you evaluated someone, maybe for exercises, as you mentioned, home evaluation, education, you know, return to life, other occupations, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. But exactly. it can't be like, this is it. And I think though that it's taken some time for all of the different professions to kind of grow in telehealth or telerehabilitation, whatever you want to coin it as, because it takes time, first of all, to develop what it is, what it means, what is the best way to administer it ethically. You know, I was even looking at AOTA, looked at some stances and they had some opinions in, in the 2015 article. It's like, okay, we got to think about autonomy. We got to think about justice. Is there a better way to administer these services? If so, what are they? What are they? And then also for patients, you know, the autonomy, some people don't want to come in. For example, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm a millennial, so I have to admit I kind of gravitate more towards not having to come in. I love using an app on my healthcare provider to communicate with my doctor via message to decide if I need to come in for appointment or I can just ask for auto refill or I can communicate to, I, I haven't needed OT myself yet, but I like the idea of using telehealth myself. It saves time for busy people. So we need to understand that our generations are drive for this service is there in the U.S. and California, but in places, rural areas in the middle of nowhere, wherever you are in the country, in the world, it's a big access issue. So working on ways to develop that, I think, is definitely a very global issue. I totally agree with this. And um, again, um, as you mentioned, for me, being able to talk to the nurse practitioner over the phone and just telling the nurse about, hey, I do have a sore throat. What can you do about it? Should I really worry about it? Or should you just take mm -hmm. something over the counter? It's very helpful because people, we all get, we all have a busy schedule. And sometimes just 
you know, um, saving the time and just, you know, not sitting in traffic and going to visit a doctor. It helped a lot. It helps a lot with, you know, our schedule during the day. And yeah, so hopefully this system can actually um, help OTs. And what about billing, though, Dana? That's the next issue, right? (laughs) So now we determine it's important sometimes. So how does this work financially? And that's the big issue, right? It will, I can see that it will be a very big issue when it comes to the billing, um, the reimbursement for using technology and uh, the amount of time that can be recorded for a practitioner, a clinician to, uh, to spend time actually with the client or a patient over the phone, it could be an issue. Um, how much Medicare, dear Medicare in the United States can actually um, reimburse. Um, it's kind of a contentious with, issue right now, yeah. Exactly. So I was looking all over AOTA and I was looking for how much does Medicare, how much does Medicaid reimburse. And in April of 2019, they released this uh, short snippet saying that uh, CMS, which is the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, basically issued this uh, Medicare Advantage rule that initially OT was proposed to be part of, as well as other therapies, able to bill starting in 2020 for telehealth. Mm -hmm. And basically, for whatever reason, it was just cut. So they dropped their provisions, quote unquote. And then I looked at the the latest article that AOTA, which is the American Occupational Therapy Association, for those of you that don't know, and they posted that now there's new legislation in the House and Senate that is trying to talk about this waiver for CMS and to allow OT services to be billed via Medicare because Medicare is more the issue. It sounds like I was on Medicaid's uh, website and Mm -hmm. nine states have laws mandating coverage for live Medicare. Some states don't require any laws. So that's um, some states. And then there's 16 states that have no restrictions on which healthcare providers are allowed to bill for telemedicine. So everything's kind of different. And what is defined by one state is different than another state and then I feel like the United States is trying to get it together what telehealth is and what it means to providers right now so Mm -hmm. other places are following that in terms of working out the kinks of this system we we are right now we're going through a lot of transitions in the United States with skilled nursing facilities which has been the trend lately but home health is now taking a change as well so we'll talk about that at a later time because now you have to be an independent contractor and all this for home health so i think just generally everybody is getting more and more strict with their billing and what is billed and what is not billed is a contentious issue here in the United States, state to state mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so it, it's it's an issue globally for sure as well. Wow. So I, I was just wondering um, how about, like, let's say uh, a country like Japan, mm-hmm. um, how much they're using the system nowadays? Do you have any research about that? Like, do you have any information about, you know, other countries or... What do you think? I mean, that's something that we can always talk about that later. Yeah, I think I don't have specifics on Japan. I was looking at 
a couple other countries here and it seems like in countries where there's re more remote access there's less billing as well because there's less infrastructure there's less money coming in not always the case everywhere but that was a trend that I noticed and of course I can't grab any specifics right now but I think that's a topic I would like to explore a little bit is to kind of just pick a specific country and talk about some issues in general from that maybe have a guest speaker from the yeah. specific country in terms of that because yeah it it, it does depend on we, we as we mentioned in our first video where the billing is coming from in general exactly. for OT services and any healthcare services varies greatly true. so what that, that means for telehealth is even more vague so that is true yeah well it looks like internet has a very huge impact on the healthcare system nowadays mm -hmm. and um, I would like to end our session actually with Alexis Ohanian's about internet that says it turns out the internet is this amazing resource for everyone who has access to it isn't it amazing <laughs> <laughs> and this was by the creator of reddit so very internet savvy person that's amazing well yeah. thank you sarah um thank you Dana. i hope our listener um listeners enjoyed our telehealth topic today and again stay tuned for our next one coming up soon i'm excited about that see you soon Alrighty, thank you everyone thank you everyone have a great wonderful day be safe goodbye bye